Well, good morning, everyone. If you're here in the auditorium or uh, in the cafe, thank you, Rob. You're amazing. Uh, my name's Ryan. If we haven't met yet, I'm uh, one of the pastors here. And uh, I realize I haven't been able to be with you for the last few months, so I want to kind of introduce myself. I know many of you would have uh, just come to Grace in the last few months, so I would love to meet you. Uh, my role here on staff is to kind of oversee the adult ministries. I love that. It, I've been at uh, Grace for a little while. Let me give you a little background on me, uh, since many of you uh, probably we haven't met yet. So I did not grow up in a church. This is kind of my first church that I was a part of. Right, so I had no church background whatsoever, and then I, I met Jesus in college, and uh, that was fantastic. I started coming to Grace right about the time that this campus launched in the year 2000, and had been able to grow kind of with it ever since. And it's been an amazing story, amazing journey to be a part of, and uh, it's been a real privilege. And I want to introduce you to my family real quick. I put a little picture of them up here. as my wife, Lori, there in the middle. Uh, we've been married for about 12 years, almost, coming up here in June. And then my four, uh, four little children, we had four in five years. Yes, we did. And uh, that's fantastic. We love being parents. And uh, our oldest is seven, and our youngest is about 18 uh, months old. I uh, love being a, a mom and a dad uh, to those little ones. Lots and lots of fun. And then I've been with uh, Pastor Jeff now for a long time. So I realized this the other day, that he has been my boss for 10 years now. Yeah, a decade of Pastor Jeff. And um, that's amazing. Four different roles he has been my boss in, in over two different organizations. And so we have a lot of mileage together, and we've had a ton of fun together. You guys want to hear one little fun story about Jeff and I? Say yes, we do. So one time when I was, uh, I was speaking years and years ago, before the days of the whiteboard, I was up here, and somebody came up, and uh, they were visiting, coming back to Grace after they hadn't been here for a while. And they were kind of far away, and they looked up, and I was speaking, and they saw me. And you know, I'm a little, I'm a little smaller than Jeff, just a little bit. And when they saw me, they actually they asked one of our staff members, they said, is that, is that Jeff up there? Has Jeff been sick? Like, is he like having, having illness or something? And, and so our running joke has been that uh, I am Jeff with a terminal illness. <laughs> that's fantastic. And I said, no, Jeff, that's not how it works, man. I am you waterlogged, right? <laughs> Love it. So I'll probably get fired over that. And uh, if you're on staff at all here at Grace, you get fired all the time. It's part of, kind of part of the project. I love it. So today what we're going to do is we're going to run into a new series called uh, Jealousy, the Good Kind. Jealousy, the Good Kind. And even as I say that, hopefully that begins to uh, cause a bit of a problem in your mind. Because typically, don't we think of jealousy as a negative thing? Um, even in our culture today, I think when, when we think of jealousy, we think, if I'm jealous or if someone is jealous, there's an insecurity, there's a weakness, it's even a, an emotional unhealth, right? When it, there's a presentation of jealousy in our culture, it's usually attached to something, somebody that's unstable in some way if they're pursuing jealousy to a high degree. That's kind of the cultural view, and if we looked at kind of the biblical view, which oftentimes on an issue, our culture's view and the Bible's view would be very different on any given issue. But on this particular issue, they kind of match up. And so we're going to look, I want to show us quickly here a couple verses that, that would talk to jealousy and talk about kind of the Bible's view of it. And I want to give us kind of a high-level scan or survey of that. And what we're going to do as we do that is we're going to begin to wade into uh, really a problem that the Bible creates for us. 
And we're going to see that this is really a bit of a crisis, and it's going to set up this conversation that we're diving into in this series. But let me introduce you to a couple things that the Bible does have to say about jealousy. One of them, the Apostle Paul says in Galatians chapter 5, if you guys are familiar with Apostle Paul, he's a guy that didn't used to believe in Jesus, had a personal interaction with Jesus, and then became one of the primary leaders in the early church, a powerful figure um, in kind of moving the church forward as it launched off. And he's writing to this church in Galatia, a region of the Roman Empire, and he's talking about uh, different kinds of sins and different things that really shouldn't show up in the life of a Christ follower. And he, he's going to describe these in chapter 5, verses 19 and 20. You can turn there or you can just listen along if you want. Here's what he says. He says, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, here's our word, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. And Paul pretty much covered it there. He's kind of saying all of these things, that these are all sinful acts. These are all actions and attitudes and practices that really should never show up in the life of a Christ follower. At least they shouldn't be practices that are consistent in the life of a Christ follower. And jealousy is right smack dab, kind of in the middle of that. So as we look at the Bible's view of jealousy, boy, it's, it's sinful. It's wrong. Uh, it's something that should be absent from the life of a Christ follower. Let me give you another verse. Apostle Paul writes this letter as well to a church in Corinth. He's about to visit them. And on his way there, kind of before he comes to visit them, he's concerned for them. He's concerned for where they are spiritually and what kind of attitudes and actions are showing up in their heart. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 20, here's what he says. He says, for I'm afraid that when I come, I may not find you as I want you to be. And you may not find me as you want me to be. I fear that there may be discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorder. He says, when I come to you, I'm afraid that I'm going to show up to the church there that I helped to start and I helped to launch. And what I'm going to find in you is, is you're fighting. And you're jealous for one another. And you want each other's possessions or each other's relationships. And he's saying, man, that would grieve me because that behavior should never really show up in the life of a Christ follower. It has nothing to do with how Jesus is. Let me give you one more story from the Bible. And we'll begin to see where this problem starts to hit. So you guys remember when Jesus began to teach? Well, he did that in a context. There was right, an era that he kind of entered into. And it's the Pharisees were the religious leaders of the day. They were uh, kind of the teachers. And the Pharisees would have had crowds of people that would interact with them and respect them and even love them. And the Pharisees would enjoy that relationship. Right? They, they would love to kind of be loved and even the Bible talks about that a little bit, that they would love to be greeted in the marketplace. And when people would see them, they would say hi and kind of revel who they are. Well, when Jesus shows up on the scene, that crowd that was interacting with the Pharisees would begin to drift over to Jesus. 
right? And what the biblical writers, as they looked at all that playing out, they would say, what was happening in the hearts of the Pharisees is that crowd began to drift over to follow Jesus, and they began to love Jesus and respect Jesus and follow Jesus. It says the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day, where they were filled with jealousy. And the biblical authors would look at that jealousy, and they would say, see, this is a This is an attribute of unhealth. This is sinful and this is wrong. This is a a sign or a symptom of how unhealthy these Pharisees and these religious leaders were. So our culture looks at jealousy and says, man, this is messed up. It's unhealthy. It's weak. It's insecure, right? Nobody wants to be jealous. The Bible would look at jealousy and say, it's sinful. It's wrong. Shouldn't show up in the life of a Christ follower. Here's where the rub comes in. A bit of a crisis shows up. Is earlier in the Bible, there's a passage that uh, Moses wrote. Let me give you some background to it. Genesis, or Exodus 34. I'll read you a few verses earlier in this passage, and then we'll get right down to the problem. So Moses is a guy who would have walked through the Red Sea. He interacted with God personally. And he's talking about God here in this passage, and Exodus 34, 6, here's what he says about him. He says, the Lord, the Lord, he's, he's compassionate. He's gracious. He's slow to anger, abounding in love, abounding in faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. I'll tell you, in my personal experience, as I discovered God, that's exactly what I learned about God, man. When I came to grace, my life was messed up and I was full of sin and I I knew that I had done a lot of things wrong that I wasn't proud of. And what did I find? I found a God who was compassionate, who's slow to anger, who's abounding in love, who's forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. It's fantastic, and we would all recognize that, I think. I hope that you'd be familiar with that God if you've been around grace for any length of time. Now, here's where the problem hits. Later in this same passage... Moses is going to give us another attribute of who God is. In verse 14, he says this. He says, do not worship any other God, ready, for the Lord whose name is Jealous is a jealous God. Wait a minute. We just said that jealousy is a bad thing. It's a sinful thing. It's a wrong thing. And then we're going to look at God himself, right, the author of the Bible, and he's going to say jealousy is so much a part of who I am. Well, you can just call me jealous. It's like, a, it's like my name. In biblical times, if, you're, if your name would, would mean something, it would be attached to a character quality. And boy, my name is jealous. So part of who I am. I remember when I saw that for the first time, it was arresting to me, disturbing to me. I'm like, God is jealous? What do you mean by that? Is he possessive? Is he weak? Is he insecure? Does he want my stuff? What is that even talking about? What do we do with that? Is God a hypocrite? Does God say, I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to have you do something else? 
Does the Bible contradict itself? Is there flaws in the way that the Bible's written? Is that what's happening here? Whatever it is, it creates a bit of a crisis for us. And what I want to do over the next few weeks is lean into that crisis and begin to understand it a little more deeply because I think the ramifications of it are massive for our relationship with God. All we're going to be able to do today, however, is lay some groundwork for that conversation. So today's going to be a bit of an intro. I want to warn you, before we start to delve in, I am going to leave you hanging today. Okay, so please come back. <laughs> you get the rest of the story as we go through the series. But I want to lay down some terms and some definitions because I think this is a confusing topic And I think we need to work at building clarity around it. And that's about all that we're going to be able to cover today. Okay, let's dive into it a bit. We'll use the trusty whiteboard. So we've got jealousy. And we're going to start off by kind of talking about the part that we're the most familiar with that I'm going to call the bad kind of jealousy. We have a good kind we're going to talk about as well. But the familiar kind we're probably the most familiar with is this negative piece that we began to mention, right? This is the part that we typically think of. When we think of jealousy, we think of the bad kind. And I gave us this definition, the desire for a possession or relationship that someone else has. It's the desire for a possession or a relationship that someone else has. I tend to think visually, so I'm going to write out kind of how I see this. And here's how it, yeah, it looks to me, right? So there's some kind of relationship, right? Maybe I own something, or there's a husband and wife relationship, and there's some kind of attachment here. And then when I'm on the outside, my heart desires to have something that someone else has, or my heart desires to be or have a relationship that someone else has. This is kind of the bad jealousy that most of us would think of, right? So let's use some fun examples. This will be fun. So let's say uh, an example of bad jealousy might be, you know, like it's 1245 and I'm starving. No lunch for Ryan. Somebody walks into the office with a phenomenal bag of Chipotle (laughs) or five guys. Five guys is worse yet, right? Temptation meter just went through the roof. Jealous, right? I want it badly. There is an inflamed desire for your Chipotle bag. Give me the guacamole now. We've all done it, right? Or it's two o'clock and you're slipping into the afternoon coma, right? And somebody walks by with the venti, grande, mocha, awesomeness of Starbucks. And you're like, give me the caffeinated beverage now. I'm slipping into a coma. Jealousy. Now, this is a fun one. I was working out last summer because I have had, uh, we've had four children in five years, which means I haven't slept and I've neglected my body and ate a lot of junk over that time. And so a buddy's like, hey man, you want to borrow my copy of P90X? And I was like, yes, I need to do that pretty badly. Let's pull it together here. And so I was working out a bunch uh, last summer and that was fun. It was a blast. I was starting to feel like, you know, I'm getting back in shape a little bit, starting to, and starting to feel good about that feel good about myself. I'm like, yeah, we're getting there. Go team. You know, and then, then I stood next to uh, Heidi Bogue. You guys know Heidi? It's good. You know, Heidi, if you don't know Heidi, it's Jeff's wife. She's a, a CrossFit like, guru, trainer. 
And I was standing next to her one day this summer, and she didn't know it, but I was looking at my arm, and I looked at hers. And I looked at mine, and I looked at hers, and I'm like, come on! Why can't I have muscles like Heidi? Jealous, right? We're playing with it, but this kind of jealousy, man, it, it really can be a problem. Um, in fact, it can be such a problem that it drives our whole lives. And, and I want to be careful here because I realize that we all have desires, uh, and di- desires in and of themselves aren't bad, but when they begin to drive us and overwhelm us and kind of move our lives in a direction, when I long to have something or to have a kind of relationship someone else has, that can fill me with jealousy. As I, I know there's a ton of pain attached to this. Right? It's Valentine's Day weekend. And some of us are longing to have a relationship. And it's a temptation to not be sometimes jealous of other couples. Or maybe I'm jealous for a lifestyle that someone else has. Or I long to have kind of fill in the blank. That jealousy can drive us in all kinds of ways and create all kinds of pain if I'm stuck here. We could say this kind of jealousy, clarifying statement about it, is that if I'm jealous here, I'm jealous of someone. I'm jealous of someone. That I long to have what they have. I long to enjoy what they enjoy. This kind of jealousy is not what we're talking about when I read that verse about God's jealousy for us. So God's not looking at us and saying, boy, I wish I had your lifestyle, or I wish I had your wife, or your husband, or your body, or your five guys. God's not doing that. That's not really what we're talking about. This is typically what we tend to think of, of jealousy. The word coveting comes to mind, or envy. It's all kind of wrapped up there in that idea of bad jealousy. I want to take us into another side of jealousy and begin to introduce us to this concept of good jealousy. And this may be something we haven't thought about or heard of before, but I believe that there is such a thing as good jealousy. Let me give you a definition of it, and we'll continue to unpack what it is. Here it is, zeal for the heart of the person you're in a relationship with. Zeal for the heart of the person that you're in a relationship with. So jealousy can go all kinds of ways, but I'm going to keep it relational for the sake of this conversation. So let me talk about this. What happens is when there's a committed and defined relationship, there's a committed and defined relationship. When I look at you and I say, we're going to be in a relationship, we're going to be in a a marriage, or I'm going to look at my child and say, we're in a relationship together. Or maybe it's a boss-employee relationship or a coach-player relationship. We said, we are going to interact in a certain way. And this is the definition of how we're going to live together and be together. And this is what our commitment to one another is going to be. Now, what happens when one of the people in that relationship, when their heart drifts out of that commitment or drifts out of that relationship? That's a negative situation when that's happening. I'm going to put a little caveat here. Really, any time jealousy shows up, it's probably a negative situation. It's probably less than ideal. Good jealousy, however, is a positive response to a negative situation. 
when I'm here and I long to have your heart back in the relationship where it should be. The word jealous in the Bible can also be translated zealous. So I kind of use this in our definition that in good jealousy, if I am jealous for you, I am zealous for you. Jealous for equals zealous for. And that's really the context of good jealousy is I am jealous for you passionate for you. Probably the place this makes the most sense is the marriage relationship, right? Because it's a, it's a committed and defined relationship that we would all kind of be familiar with, whether you're in one or not. And there's a book of the Bible, Song of Songs or Song of Solomon, depending on which translation you have, it talks to this kind of jealousy. It, it's a book about romantic love. If you ever want to check it out, it's pretty fantastic. And here it talks briefly about jealousy. Let me just read you this verse. You can write down the reference and check it out later. Song of Songs 8.6 says this. Place me like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm. For love is as strong as death. Wow, what a statement. For love is as strong as death. It's jealousy unyielding as the grave. It burns like blazing fire, like a mighty flame. Like a mighty flame. What's the author saying? What's the author saying? In romantic love, we're saying we have committed ourselves to one another. You and I, if we're in a romantic relationship, we are connected together. And and we have said we're going to commit to be with one another, and this is how we're going to be committed. And If one of us were to drift from that relationship, the other one would be filled with jealousy and would be zealous to have that heart re-enter the relationship. Guys, I want to tread on this lightly because some of you have experienced this personally. I can imagine that has to be of the utmost pain. If you've been in a romantic relationship and the person you're in that relationship with, if their heart had drifted out and they were unfaithful in that relationship, few things on earth probably cause more pain. Created a fire in you. Zeal in you. That relationship, that jealousy makes sense. If I'm in a committed romantic relationship, if I'm in a marriage and, and I don't care that you drift out of it, we would all look at that relationship and say, man, your, your relationship's messed up. What do you mean you don't care that that person's not solely exclusively with you? What's wrong with you, right? What's wrong with your marriage? Defined and committed relationships create the need for a good jealousy. I love this quote. I'm going to hit it real quick. We might have skipped it already. But this Christian leader named Charles Spurgeon said this. It's fantastic, fantastic quote. He said, all thoughtful persons will agree that there is such a thing as virtuous jealousy. Virtuous jealousy. That's the kind we're talking about. Let me give you another example. So I'm wearing this, uh, this bracelet right here. This is created by my children. And if you guys have children this age, you are familiar with the wonder 
of the rainbow loom. I don't know where this came from, but it has overwhelmed our home and the energies of our home. And it's like a, a sweatshop producing many, many rainbow loom bracelets. And so my children are obsessed with this, and they make these things all the time, you know. And they're little, right? So they're seven, five. My oldest son and oldest daughter, um, they make these things constantly. And my boy, um, we're pretty close, and, and he gave me this, you know, this bracelet. He's like, Dad, here's this bracelet. Will you wear it? You know? And I'm like, yeah, buddy, I'll wear it. No problem, right? Well, the first day after he asked me to wear it, I came home, walked in the door. He's standing there waiting, right? Because my kids are still small. They still do that. I know that won't continue forever. Thank you. But right, right now, they still greet me at the door. And, and my boy looked at me. He said, hey, Dad, hey, Dad, did you wear the bracelet? Oh, man, buddy, I forgot. Sorry, bud. Next day. Same thing. Dad, you, you wear the bracelet? Buddy, I'm sorry, man, I forgot. I'm ashamed to say that. That happened for a couple days. You know, it kept happening. And eventually, I don't know what hit me, but it started to click with me uh, that, that my boy was not asking me to wear plastic around my wrist. That's not really what was going on in his little heart. What my boy was saying, saying, Dad, I want to be connected with you all day. I want to show up in your heart and mind all day. I want when people see this, man, that that they ask about who made this for you. You know, and you wear it with pride. I I want a chunk of your heart that is rightfully mine. Now, does he and his seven-year-old little mind know that all that's going on? Of course not. Of course not, but if I step back and I, I look at his little heart, he's saying, Dad, I'm, I'm jealous to have the, the portion of your heart that's appropriate for our relationship. And that makes sense. And the flip side, and it's true. The flip side's true as well, right? If, if my son went to the neighbor and began to call him dad, I'd be like, hey, this is a problem, Right? I am your dad. I am zealous for that relationship. I am your one and only father. I am passionate about fulfilling that role, right? You can't go call the neighbor dad. I'm jealous for that role. I want that, t- I want that portion of your heart. You guys, this makes sense, doesn't it? My son was not, he didn't have the choice, you know, who his dad was, unfortunately for him. He was born into it. He was born into that relationship. He will never have another biological dad. I'm it, buddy. That committed and defined relationship has to work or jealousy will be needed. It's just how it is. It's just how it is. Guys, and this shows up in all kinds of relationships. Right? You ever had a coach look at you when you played on a team and say, Hey, where's your heart? Your heart's not in it. I need your best. Get your head in the game. What is that? That's jealousy. I want your best. You ever look at your employee or having a a boss look at you and say, hey, man, where are you? I, I want you to show up here. We agreed on this. We agreed we would interact in a certain way, and I, I, I expect that to happen, and if I'm not going to have your best, I'm going to be jealous for it. 
want it. I long for it. Guys, that's appropriate to a certain degree. It's defined by that relationship. There is such a thing as good jealousy. can go too far. There's no doubt about that. But when there's a passion and a zeal, that all makes sense to us in committed and defined relationships. Now, we can't stop at human relationships, although that's where it tends to make the most sense. We tend to begin to see good jealousy through this lens of human interaction. Well, we got to go back to our original verse now, where we actually saw the conundrum, the problem, the dilemma that God is a jealous God. Because here's the thing, you and I, we were created by God, we were placed into a defined and committed relationship with God, kind of whether we realize it or not. We are his creation, whether we want to be or not. It's just kind of how it is. Let's look at the verse again. Moses says, do not worship any other God for the Lord whose name is jealous is a jealous God. It's a jealous God. So here's how this works. Uh, God longs for my heart. He is zealous for it. He is passionate about it. And he is protective of the relationship that he has with me. I would say he is protective of the relationship that he has with you. Boy, in a, in a similar way that I would be protective about my relationship with my son, I would fight for that relationship. God, whose name is jealous, is protective of his relationship with us. And I would go so far as to say that he would fight for that relationship. Now guys, I warned you, I'm going to leave you hanging a little bit. Because we can't unpack this fully today. We're going to dive, dive, dive much deeper into that conversation over the next few weeks. But I want us to begin to ask the question, begin to wrestle with this question that has been bothering me, frankly. Is it possible, is it possible that God is jealous for me? I took some time off during Christmas, kind of Christmas and New Year's. I was feeling like I was kind of disconnected from God. You guys ever feel that in a relationship? You know, maybe in marriage or, or from your kids or a friend. Say, you know, we, we need to reconnect. I was feeling that personally. So I got to spend a little bit more time kind of connecting with God. And in that interaction with God, what I started to see is that... And, God was showing me that my heart kind of drifts to different things. And it'll kind of drift and get excited and passionate and zealous about about all kinds of stuff, you know? Some of that's okay, but, but God began to ask the question, Ryan, where's your zeal in your passion for me? 
Remember our relationship? Like, remember me? The one who created you. Right? I'm, I'm jealous for you. And I want your heart, and I want to have a, a one and only relationship with you. Remember? And God kind of brought that up with me. And I was seeing that, no, I, I got to bring my heart kind of back into that relationship and allow us to kind of operate the way that we're made to operate. Guys, I want us to begin to ask some questions. I want to just push pause in the conversation. We're not going to be able to totally finish it today. I'm going to have the band come out, and I want us to spend some time in prayer together and start to dive into this kind of personally and do some kind of some heart exploration. Because if this is true, if it's true that there's a good jealousy, and if it's true that we have a God that made us and that is, he's passionate for us and he's jealous for us and he longs for us, guys, I think we have to pay attention to that. And next week, we're going to take a, a deeper look in. We're going to unpack it. And we're going to see what all that means. But I think today's a good starting place for us is to begin to ask some questions. And I want us to ask them directly to God. Guys, we're going to just spend some time praying. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and bow your heads. We're going to bring the lights down. Guys, and and even right now, would you just start to ask God about where your heart is? You directly with God, would you say, Lord, what do I get excited about? What do I get passionate about? And where... Now, where are you in all of that, Lord? You guys, with your, your eyes closed and heads bowed, I, I just want to encourage you, no matter where you are in your relationship with Jesus, you may not have one today. That's okay. Wherever you are, would you begin to ask those questions about your own heart? Would you say, Lord, would you, would you show me where my heart is? And would you help me to see if it's drifted somewhere that, that maybe I didn't know that it did? Spend a few minutes praying that way.
And as God kind of shows us where our hearts are, can we ask the question, Lord, are you jealous for me today? Would you tell him that your heart maybe has drifted if that's true for you? Would you ask God to show you his passion and his zeal to be your one and only, kind of your only God? Would you wrestle that through? Finally, if if you see that God is jealous for your heart, kind of wherever you are today, would you tell him that? Say, God, I, I want to reestablish our relationship. I want to I have the same passion for you that you have for me. Is, would you tell God that this morning? Interact with our Savior. Interact with his jealousy. It's, it's a good kind. And do that even this morning.